It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day, my company gets scam phishing emails trying to get money or sensitive info. I wanted to protect my employees and my clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. First, teach employees to recognize and report phishing. Next, require strong passwords plus multi-factor authentication. And finally, turn on automatic updates for your business software. To learn more, go to CISA at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Emancipation and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we tell you that we're open and we're ready. Speak, Lord. Speak to us right now. We need to hear a word from you. I arrest this atmosphere. I arrest every online platform. Let there be freedom in the building. Let there be praise in the building. Let there be celebration in the building. Why? You've been good to us. And for that, we owe you praise. You've been faithful to us. And for that, we owe you praise. You've been reliable to us. And for that, we owe you praise. In Jesus' name. Come on, touch two or three people around you. Say, God's called you to be great. He's called you. Tell them, 1115. I just told you why you touch somebody. Touch them. Say, God's called you to be great. You're not average. You're not regular. You're not trash. You're not a, you're not a throwaway. I know people have thrown you away. They just didn't recognize value when they saw it. I, I need to talk to some people where you know that 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 you know. God called you to be great. Holler great. Let's go to work. So listen, this month our series is called How to Be Great. And for some of you, you haven't gotten the revelation yet. I can tell because you're sitting there looking at me. But guess what? Before this word is done, you're going to be celebrating just like everybody else in your section. For everybody online, some of you haven't caught it yet because you're just smiling and nodding your head. But that nod is about to turn into a praise. Why? Because you're about to recognize just how great God called you to be. Because whenever God calls you to be great, you got to hear me that greatness isn't free. Greatness has a fee. Why are you teaching about greatness, Bishop? Because greatness is God's promise to us. Often people talk about the promises of God. I'm praying his promises. I'm standing on his promises but they do not actually know what he promised so what's one of the things he promised us it's seen in genesis 12 and 2 it says this it says and i will make you a great nation and i will bless you abundantly and i will make your name great and you shall be a blessing and a source of great good to others everybody look at me he says and i will make you a great nation what does this mean this means that everything attached to you will be great your marriage will be great your children will be great your family will be great your finances will be great it doesn't mean perfect it's just going to be great. 
which means when I look at mine and I look at other people's, I can say, God has been good to me. Let me check the room one time. Is there anybody in here where you can be honest that even though you might not be where you want to be, you can thank God that you're not where you used to be. And when you compare your stuff to other people's stuff, you're like, God, this is great. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you how? Abundantly, which means you will not live in lack. I'm here to tell you lack is whack. You're not going to lack. I'm not just talking about material things. You're not going to lack joy. You're not going to lack peace. You're going to have a whole lot of hell going on around you, and you're just going to be as cool as a cucumber. Why? Because, baby, I don't lack anything. I know that all things work together for my good, which means if it's happening in my life, it's going to bless my life. Open up your mouth, please. Say, he called me to be great. He says, and I will make you a great nation. Let's go. I will make you a great nation, and I will make your name great. What what, what does this mean? What does great mean? He says, your name will be exalted. This means your name will always rise to the top. Your name is going to be at the top of every company performance report. Your name is going to be at the top for the best in class. Your name is going I know for some of you, people said you wasn't going to be nothing, but they're about to see in this year, 2023, your name's about to be brought up. Your name's about to rise to the top. And for everybody that threw salt and mud on your name, they're about to see God make your name great. On the count of three, say your first and last name, 1115. One, two, three. And your name's about to be brought up. And favor's about to find you. And doors are about to open. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you abundantly. I will make your name great. That means exalted and distinguished, which means whenever we see your name, there's something different about you. Look at me. Stop trying to be like everybody else, because if you try to be like them, that means you're going to get their life. And the truth is, you don't want to live that average. I'm so glad you're sitting next to somebody. I'm so glad you're streaming with somebody that recognizes that they're not like everybody else. Can I help some of you? They don't make them like you no more. Oh, my God. They, they don't make them as loyal as you are anymore. They don't make them as dedicated as you are anymore. They don't make them as consistent as you are anymore, which means you better be careful how you treat me. Why? I'm a limited edition. Touch somebody next to you say, God called you to be great. You will be exalted and you will be distinguished. See, when Joseph's brothers saw that there was greatness on him, he had a coat of many colors. He dressed differently. Pay attention. He wore things differently than them. And whenever greatness is on you, people will try to pull you down to be good so that you never rise to the greatness that is you. And I'm so glad that when you find what makes you different, guess what? That's where your greatness is. Y'all not going to talk? Watch me. Ruth, Chris, and, uh, and Golden Corral have stakes. But one of them can charge you 10 times for the same thing. Why? Because one of them has mastered it while another one is just good at it. Let me make it real plain. You're not a buffet type of person. You Ain't nothing against no buffet, especially if the bread is on point. But I just need you to look at somebody and say, you're not like everybody else. You're not. You're not. Oh, no, baby, I'm a specialty. I'm made in the image and the likeness of God. And I was called and created to be great. I'm not called and created to be like everybody else. I'm not called and created to be liked by everybody else. In fact, you need to pay attention because the Bible says, Woe unto you if everybody likes you. If everybody got good stuff to say about you, you must not be that great. Here's a crazy praise. I want you to shout for your haters. Why are you shouting for your haters? Because they're your proof that greatness is all over you. They're your evidence that greatness is all over you. Lift your hands, say, he called me to be great. 
And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you abundantly, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, a source of great good to others. Which means this greatness is not for you to just front. This greatness is not for you to just, uh, uh, to just uh, stunt on people. This is not just for you to get on social media and say, back then you didn't like me, now I'm hot y'all up on me. No, the purpose of this greatness is so that you can be a great source of good to other people. See, watch me. Even though good wasn't done to you, you're about to be good to a lot of people. 11.15, even though nobody clapped for you, you about to, even though nobody shouted for you, you about to shout for, 11.15, I'm not playing with you, please open up your mouth, say, I am a blessing, I, yeah, when I step in the room, I'm a blessing, when I show up, I'm a blessing, when I show up, I got the resources to make it happen, I'm sent to rule, and to reign, and to conquer, and subdue. See, why are you not talking to your neighbor? Your neighbor could pay your debt off. Why are you not talking to your neighbor? Your neighbor might be one of our new seven-figure earners. Oh, my God. Why are you looking crazy at your neighbor? They might have your breakthrough. So I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Look at your neighbor, fist bump them, and say, you a blessing, you a blessing, you. You ready? So when you are a blessing, what does God do? He sends you around burdens. I need some of you to understand your assignment because if you're the blessing, we don't need you where there's already blessing. We need you where there's curses. We need you where there's burdens. We need you where there's issues. We don't need light for light. We need light for darkness. Open your mouth. Say, I am the blessing. Let's go. He says, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted and distinguished. And you say your name shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. Let me help you. This is why, watch me, this is why you have to come to church. This is why you have to log on, because you have to get refilled. Why? Because all week you're pouring. This is why you got to be on prayer on Mondays. Why? Because I got to get refilled because I've been pouring. This is why you got to be on the pop-ups. Why? Because I've been pouring, so I got to be refilled. This is why I can't afford to miss church like good people do, because great people say, I need them, 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 I need them. And I got to be refilled, because since I am a blessing, this means everybody around me needs from me. 1115. Since you are the blessing, this means that everybody around you is always pulling on you, always needs something from you, always call. And they never call to check on you. They call to get something from you. Look at me. That's your proof that you are great. Come on, touch somebody. Say, greatness is all on you. Say, greatness is all in you. We don't need you where there's already blessing. We need you where there's a curse. We don't need you where it's already light. We need you where it's dark. We don't need you where everybody already blessed. We need you where there's a burden, which means if God's going to use you to be great, hear me, every promise with God has a process with God. So he promised us that. Now, some of you said, he was talking to Abraham, Bishop. He ain't talking to me. Let me get you together. Galatians 3.29 says, and whatever I spoke to Abraham, now that you belong to Christ, God's promise to Abraham belongs to you, which means everything I just read, you can change Abraham out and put your name. So let's go back to Genesis 12, because this is your promise. Somebody say, this is my promise. Uh-uh, and in 11.15, if you don't say it with some authority in your voice, watch me, I hope your neighbor hits you in the ribs. 
Just pop them. They should have read that sign when they walked in the door. Just pop them in the ribs. It's a, it's a spiritual pop. You ready? Because I need you to say this like you're about to make everything in your life come into alignment. I need you to say this like you're about to make everything in your life come into order. Come on, Genesis 12, 2. Say this with authority, 11, 15, in this building, end line. Here's the Lord. Now, when I say you, you're going to say your name. When I get to you, you're going to say your name and say your name with authority. And this is the Lord speaking. And I will make a great nation. Everything attached to me. Everything attached to me. Everything attached to me. And I, and I will bless abundantly. And make your name great, 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 great. And you shall be a blessing. Let me help some of you. God says, I can't trust you. This is going to make me shout. I don't know if we're going to get past this. I don't know if we're going to get past this first part. Because some of y'all are like, I don't know what they're shouting about. But ask me. Because maybe you haven't got the revelation yet. I'm not trying to get a blessing. I am the blessing. 11:15. I heard the Lord say, "Until you bless somebody else, he's not going to give you your next blessing." Go to three people in this building, shake their hand, say, "And I bless you in the name of the Lord." Tell them. Online tag somebody. Online stretch your hand towards me. Go to three people like I said. And I bless you. I get blessed because I bless you. You stay paid because you help other people. You stay on top because you help other people get there. You keep making it through because you help other people make it through. You keep winning because you're helping somebody else win. Shout, I am the blessing. But every promise with God has a process with God. Every promise with God has a process with God. So Psalm 71, 21 shows us this process. You will increase my greatness. Stop. Which means there's levels to this. You don't just get great. Let me help all the arrogant people in the room. Let me help all the arrogant people online. You don't arrive. And for some of you, this is why God has to send your car back to where it came from. Because you think you've arrived when you get to a level of greatness. Oh, I've got this. I don't shout like that because I got this house. I don't shout like that because I got this car. You're about to lose both if you don't give God what you owe him. On three, everybody that knows God has been good to you, release your shout. One, two, three, shout. God did this. You didn't do this. This wasn't your education. This wasn't your background. You should be dead. You should be gone. You should have a terminal illness, but God, but God. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. You will increase my greatness, which means every time you think I'm here, God is like, let's go up. Every time you think I got it, God's like, let's go up. And for some of y'all, here's your challenge is that you got comfortable at your last level of greatness. And God says it's time for you to go up. But to go up, you're going to have to pay up because greatness isn't free. Greatness has a fee. What's the fee? It's in Psalm 71 and 20, the verse preceding that. He says, though you have allowed me to experience much trouble. Here's what my shout is for this verse. God had to allow it. So if God had to allow it, that means it's there to advance me. Why? Because he's a good God. Look at me. God, for those of you, I feel like God hates me. If he hated you, you would have died a long time ago. If he was against you, he don't have to ask nobody. 
as many close calls as you had on the road. As many people, let's be honest, as many people as you laid down with, y'all ain't going to be honest to me? As many crazy situations you were in, you were at the club, they were shooting, and somehow you didn't get, where are the honest people at? The story of you getting here doesn't even make sense because there were complications with the pregnancy, yet somehow you survived. You ready? If he allowed it, it's to advance you. If he allows it, it's to advance you. Say it in verse 15. Say, if he allows it, it's to advance me. Though you have allowed me to experience much trouble. What's another word for much? Great. Great trouble. That's the fee. That's the fee. Pay up. Trouble means I'm about to triumph. That's part of the fee. If you don't pay the fee, you don't see the favor. If you don't pay up, you don't go up. Say much trouble and distress. He says, this is the fee I had to pay. He says, because every process with, promise with God has a process, and that process requires payment, which means I got to pay up so that I can go up, so when I go up, I can stay up. Let me prove it to you. Have you ever seen somebody that didn't have to pay a price to get something? And the moment they got it, they didn't have a value for it, so they threw it away. Y'all not going to talk. You ever looked at somebody that was given stuff that you wish somebody would have gave you? And they lost it. But even though nobody gave it to you, you still got it. Why? Because when I went up, I had to pay to go up. And because I paid to go up, I can stay up. Please, 1115, say every promise has a process. All right, so watch me. Psalm 71, 20. Though you have allowed me to experience much trouble and distress, revive me once again. Which means part of my fee feels like it's killing me. Part of my fee feels like this thing is killing me. And look at me, 1115. It is. It's killing the good you. So that the great you can come out. Watch me. Because there can't be two of you on the earth. There can't be two of you walking the earth at the same time. So God says, I got to kill good so great can live. See, you're good at your job, but I need you to be great at it. You're good serving, but I need you to be great serving. You're good praying, but I need you to be great praying. You're good as a mama, but I need you to be a great mama. You're good as a husband, but I need you to be great. God does not just want us to be good. God promised us to be great. It says, revive me once again. Then he says, bring me up from the depths of the earth. Which means not only did it feel like it was killing me, and it was, because it was crucifying and killing the good version of you. Do you not know it's easier to go from bad to good than it is to go from good to great? It's easier to go from bad to good than it is to go from good to great. And this is where most people get stuck. It's because they're good. And they even tell you, I'm good. How you feeling? I'm good. How's your money? I'm good. But you can't go, you can't go buy a house for somebody cash. Now, I'm not saying that's the qualifier. I'm making a point, which means there's another level. Because for some of y'all, here's why you need to be blessed. So you can go down to 16th Street Mall and say, no, nah, we... We ain't waiting on the government to clean this up. I'll clean it up myself. I, oh, my God. Would all of the blessed people shout one time right there? Go. You want to be able to walk into a shelter and say, you got a house, and you got a house, and we got you covered, and we got you taken care of, and we got everything that you need. Look at me. 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 He said, he said, I got to kill the good use of the great you can live. He said, so revive me once again. Bring me back to life. And for some of you, I need to make an announcement. You've only been breathing until this month. There's a difference between breathing and living. And God's about to revive you. Ooh. You're about to wake up with a pep in your step you ain't had in years. You're about to wake up with a joy you've not had in years. Why? Because God says, you paid your price. Now I'm about to revive you. I you paid your price. I'm about to make sure that you come to life again. He says, 
revive me once again. Bring me up once again from the depths of the earth. Which means it felt like it was killing me, and it was, because it was killing the good version. But also, it felt like it buried me. What does this mean? I feel so overwhelmed by things I can never get out of. Wave at me in this building online. If you have some areas of your life where you feel like you are so buried that you can never get out of it. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. That's coming to its conclusion this month. You can sit there and look at me like that. I evidently am not talking to you. I'm talking to those that heard the word and believe 1 Samuel 3.19. And the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. I prophesied that what was overwhelming you, you're about to overwhelm. What had you buried, you're about to bust out of that situation. Come on, shout great. So he had to pay this fee. And, and I've taught you over the last few messages uh, about two men that had to pay a fee. One was Abraham, one was Jabez. And Isaiah 66, 9 lets this in. Jabez's name means pain and sorrow. His mother mislabeled him that as that and named him as that because when she was conceiving him, it was a painful birth. It was a sorrowful birth. And some people have mislabeled you because of how they were introduced to you. See, they were introduced to you as good, but they don't recognize that there's a great you that has to come forth. They were introduced to you in depression. They don't realize you don't live there no more. They were introduced to you, you ready? With low self-esteem. They don't recognize that ain't, that ain't you no more. They were introduced to you thirsty for somebody's attention. They haven't been reintroduced to you that says, whether you like me or not, oh baby, I'm going to be all right. Ready? His mother names him that. Abraham, who we see that promise. Abraham literally has to leave his father's home and where they grew up. And the Bible says that he's got to take some things with him. I'm going to show you that in a minute. They both have to pay a fee because greatness isn't free. Greatness has a fee. Say it has a fee. Look at somebody say, it costs to be me. I feel like preaching at this 1115. See, people see your glory, but they don't have a clue about your story. It costs to shout like I shout. It costs to give God good. That's why I don't let you shut my praise down. Why? I pay too much of a fee. I wish I would. I wish I would care about you being quiet. It costs to pray like you do. It costs to worship like you do. It costs to give like you do. It costs to clap like you do. It costs to be you. And everybody looks at you and they come to you and they pull and they pull and they pull and they pull. But they don't recognize the fee that you have had to pay just to be you. For some of you, even this weekend, he's like, oh my God, all these people pulling, 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 pulling. Look at me. Pay up. Pay up. You do not get released to your next until you pay in full at your, pre at your current. And I'm going to tell somebody the bill is just about paid. I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to me. <laughs> the bill has just been about paying. You've sacrificed for 17 years, and I heard the Lord say, your bill is paid in full. I... Come on, come on, come on, say this. Say, greatness isn't free. Greatness has a fee. Now, let me put these fashion glasses on and pretend like they're prescription. Listen. I just like the way they look. They ain't prescription. Okay, you ready? You ready? I don't like glasses because when you turn your head to the side, it messes with your peripheral, you know? All right, watch me. I got to turn my whole head to see versus my eyes. Okay, Isaiah 66 and 9. Be spiritual. Isaiah, Isaiah 66 and 9. You ready? He says, I will not cause pain. Shut up. Who's talking? God. Was the devil behind it? 
What does God say? I will not cause pain. What do you mean? Bishop, you mean God did this to me? God allowed it. He could have shut it down. He could have stopped it. He could have interrupted it. But he looked at you and said, this is going to be necessary for her next. This is going to be necessary for his next. Bishop, where do you get this from? In the Bible, Job, uh, Job is a man that we look at. And Job is actually one of the oldest books of the Bible because in the Old Testament, it is not that they are presented to us necessarily in a chronological order or chronological disposition. It is a subject matter. So Job, while you see it later in the, New, in the Old Testament, Job actually predates much of what you read in the Old Testament. Pay attention. Job. The Bible says one day there's a meeting of the sons of God. Can I teach you 1115? See, you and I today have that recognition as the sons and daughters of the Most High God. But at that time, only the archangels had that, uh, had that designation. This is why the enemy hates you. Because God gave to us what they didn't appreciate. Let that be a revelation for everybody. If you don't appreciate it, God will give it to somebody else. And I don't know about you. You work too hard to get what you got. I wish somebody else would have what. So this is the enemy's issue with you. The enemy's issue with you is this. The enemy's issue with you is this. Is that they were once called the sons of God. It, it literally says that in the text. Um, but now you and I have been given that recognition. You and I have been given that. And the angels are the servants of God. This is why we don't pray to angels. This is why we don't worship angels. This is why we ain't got statues of angels. Why? They work for us. We don't work for them. We're sons, they serve. But you can't be a son and not serve. So in the book of Job, everybody shout Job. Come on, shout it, shout Job. In the book of Job, there's a meeting of the sons of God, the archangels, and they come before the Lord. Who's in the meeting? Satan is also in the meeting. And the Lord strikes up a conversation with Satan, and he says, where you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro. Let's stop right there. For all you church people who like to give the devil so much power and glory... He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. So stop focusing on your enemy and focus on your God. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time, which means he's blessing in Miami. He's blessing in Atlanta. He's blessing in Denver. He's blessing in South Africa. He's blessing everywhere. The enemy, however, is not omnipresent. Matter of fact, he ain't even got a bus pass. Bible says that he was walking to and fro on the earth. Seeking somebody that he, watch me, that, that later on the New Testament teaches that he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking someone he can devour. So God says, where you been? He says, I've been walking on the earth. God says, have you considered my servant? Show your name. God brings up Job's name. And when God brings up Job's name, uh, he says, well, does Job fear you for nothing? Uh, haven't you placed the hedge of protection around him? And this is why he fears you? If we take his stuff, I bet you he won't praise you. If we take all of these things, I bet you he won't give you glory. So the Lord says, bet. <laughs> he says, I'm going to let you do, watch me, up to this point, but you can't touch his life. God says, I'm about to allow something to happen to Job. Because while Job is good with what he has, if you fast forward to Job 42, but I want to give him double. Job is good, but I want to make Job great. So... Job, Job, Job goes through all of this. And on day one, this is why I have you to have these worship breaks in church. Because for some of you, watch me, this is the most you're ever going to worship in the middle of the week. And I don't say that to shame you or to beat you down. I just say you got to make these moments count. Because after Job gets all of this bad news, the Bible says, 
that Job falls to his knees. After getting all this bad news, after hearing all of these bad things, his children pass away. His homes are destroyed. His business is destroyed. Could you imagine getting messenger after messenger after messenger to tell you that everything you've worked your whole life has gone in a day? Could you imagine getting messenger after messenger that tells you who you loved is gone and you didn't even get to say goodbye? Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Could you imagine the pain of that moment? And you know what Job does? He doesn't cuss. He doesn't act a fool. How many of us can be honest that we probably would have responded a little different? You know what Job does? Job falls to his knees and he worships. 11.15, God needs to hear our worship, right? And we worship you. And we honor you. And we bless you. And we glorify you. You are amazing. And though the Lord slay me, yet will I trust him. Come on. Tell him 1115. Say, Lord, I love you. 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 I love me some you because you love you some me. I, I need you. I need you like a fish need water. I need you like hog need dogs. I need you like Ben need Jerry. I need you like white bread need some whipped butter. I need you like sweet potatoes need some brown sugar. I, I need you. So then there's another meeting. You think Job had enough. Say so there was another meeting. As Job is, look at me, as Job is finally beginning to bounce back, he gets the second hit. And for some of y'all, I need you to hear me. You got more than one hit because you're about to get hooked up more than once. When I, make, when I say hook up, I mean blessed. Let me see if I can say it another way. For every, for every hit you had to take, God says, that's some great I'm about to give. For some of us, it ain't been two hits. It's been hit after hit after hit after hit after hit, which means you're about to see blessing after blessing after blessing after... Mm. Open up your mouth, please, and say, greatness is all over me. There's a second meeting. There's a second meeting. We're almost done. There's a second meeting, 1115. And at this second meeting, Satan says, he's, God asked him the same question, where you been? I've been walking. He said, oh, okay, cool. All right, what about Job? He said, you did all that stuff to him. And he said, and Job still praised me. His wife said he should just curse me and die, but he knew how to sh shut up the follower. See, some of you will have people around you that you're going to have to love, but shut them up. See, some of you will have people around you that you care about, but you're going to have to say, shut your doggone mouth, because you're speaking foolishness right now. And right now, I don't need to hear foolishness. I need to hear call. So what happens? He says, he says, you incited me against Job for no reason. He said, and Job holds fast his integrity. In other words, Job didn't break down, even though things tried to break him. I want to talk to some of y'all. You feel broken, but the truth is, if we check the records, it didn't break you. Just because you feel it don't mean it's a fact. Just because you feel like it broke you doesn't mean that it broke you. Sometimes, 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 if you've ever, if you've ever, if you've ever hit something real hard, I remember um, last summer, or maybe summer before last, I was doing one of my 15-mile jogs, and, and, uh, and on my way back, it was a Saturday night, and on my way back, my foot, this left foot started hurting. And I was like, okay, man, I've just been walking a lot. And so, you know, I put a little gangster lean in it, you know. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, but I was way far away from home. I was, I was, I was like eight miles from my house when it started because I did 50 miles. So I walked out eight and then came back eight and then I went to the gym in between. You know, I go hard like that, you know what I'm saying? And so that's just me. This is me. This is me. It didn't used to be that way. I used to watch people and say, go on, have a, God bless you. 
Be encouraged in your ministry. Listen. Um, but so, so I was doing that on my way back, and, and then it started hurting. So I was just, you know, you know, I'm a soldier, you know. So I just keep going. I just kept going. I just kept going. And I kept going. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then, and then I got close, closer to where I live. And um, and so I was on. For those of you familiar with Denver, I was on. I was on Spear. And and uh, and so, but I was at the far part of Spear. And where I needed to get was not that part. A Spear. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, my foot at that point, I'm like, God, duh. so I'm praying. Holy Ghost, heal. Lord, let it be a miracle by the time I go live. And so this thing, this thing is in, like, it's serious pain at this point. And so I'm like, this is not going to work. So I'm like, I got to find one of them little scooters. Because I am not finna, I'm not going to make it. So I had to get, a, I, I had to find one of them scooters. So I had to get all the way across the bridge in front of Elitus. For those of you familiar with them, I had to get all the way down there. Now where I started was at 44th. For those of you in there, okay? Oh, when I exercise, I be exercising, you know? Uh, I, I was at 44th. Uh, I was at, all the way at 44th over in Weaver by Lakeside. I went from Lakeside to Elitus on foot. This is, this is, this is, okay, so I went from Lakeside to Elitus, literally, literally. Hurting. Woo-wee. I mean, my foot was just, I said, God, dog. I was like, this is too much pain. So I finally get in front of Elitus, one of the little, one of the little things, you know, little scooters there. I get on a little scooter. I'm supposed to go live at 9. I think it's when I did it at Saturdays at that time. You know, it's 8.56. Cause, Cause I had plenty of time. I get on a little scooter and I'm just scooting. I'm just scooting. And every time I'd hit a sidewalk thing, my foot would be like, huh? You, you ever been in pain to where you think your body, like you wanna cuss your body out? I know none of y'all have ever been there. But my foot hurt so bad, I was like, if So, so I get so then I finally I finally get I finally get into in, into where my home is. And when I get into where my home, people ask me, "You okay? You okay?" I said, "I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right." You need a doctor? I said, "Don't nobody need no doggone doctor." I said, "I'm good. I'm good." And I did the live I did the live that night in pain. So I was like, "Okay, by morning time, everything's gonna be good." By morning time, Lord, heal, touch, deliver. I took everything. I said, Tylenol, Nyquil. Benadryl, listen, I don't know, Lord, Lord, whatever. I just need to, I need to lay down and take a nap. I need to go to sleep. And then I woke up in the morning, my foot was like, huh? And then I came to church that day. So I was walking real slow that day. And then, you know, they said, sir, you keep stomping on your foot. I said, that's because, you ready? I said, that's because when I'm in my assignment, you ready? I don't feel my pain. Some of y'all gonna catch this revelation in just a moment. As long as I stay focused, I'm not going to feel what is supposed to stop me or block me. Look at your neighbor. Say, stay focused and you won't feel it. Stay focused and you won't feel it. And so I, I would preach. I'd do the 915, do the 1115, do the meet and greet, do all I felt good. And then it wouldn't start hurting until after the 1115, after my final meeting of the day. And then all of a sudden, they'll tell you. And then all of a sudden, I was like, Ugh. And so I was like, I ain't going to no doctor. And then I woke up Monday. I said, Lord, now I need to be healed by Monday. I said, ain't nobody got time for this. I don't do this. This is for other people to do. This is, I don't do this. I said, look, Monday came. I'm like, oh, God. At that point, I had to put it up on a chair. Tuesday came. I said, okay, this ain't going to work. And then Wednesday. And so I finally said, look, let me go in here and see this doctor. And so it was so painful. It was so painful um, that uh, I thought perhaps something, and the doctor even said, the nurse said, the nurse said, um, Dr. Foreman, um, you probably fractured something. 
I said, baby, you talk to yourself. Don't speak all that over him. See, some of y'all, when you get a negative report, you need to say, keep all that over there. I don't, don't bring all that over here. Now, I don't want to hear none of that. Look at your neighbor and say, send that back to the sender. Some things you got to learn how to return to sender. That, that does not apply to me. Pay attention because I'm going to show you this verse. I'm going to show you this verse. So the nurse said, you probably did that. So, th so then I'm like, fractures? I said, I ain't had no fracture in my life. I said, this is not something. Uh, he said that he would protect me. And I, 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 broken bones is not something. Mm -mm, I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. But it was so painful. Uh, pay attention. It felt like something that it wasn't. And for some of y'all, you're like, it broke me. No, it didn't. Just because you felt like it doesn't mean that that's a fact. He said, I will not cause you pain unless I allow something new to be born. So they do the x-ray. When they do the x-ray, I'm like, God, dog. And so I'm like, what can I do for this? And, and you know, she didn't really have no solutions. She's like, well, you can get some over the counter. I said, baby, I didn't pay you no copay to tell me to go to Walgreens. <laughs> now, look here. I, I just, come on now. now if, that, if, if, if that's all you needed to tell me, we could have discussed this over the phone. <laughs> You're going to earn that today. Do you hear me? So, so <laughs> I'm just being, being jovial, you all. All right. And so, and, so, and so in that, and so I get the x-ray back. I get the x-ray back. I get the x-ray back. And when, and when, I, and when I get the x-ray back, uh, she says, oh, Dr. Foreman, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong with your foot. In fact, by the time I got the x-ray back, the pain had subsided. The pain had stopped. Pay attention. What I discovered was that, y'all ready for this? This is going to shout me. Is that because I walk so much and I'm on my feet so much, you ready? I can't just use the soles that are in my shoes. I had to get a support to make sure that everywhere I go, I've got something under me. That's. I know it's so simple. Some of y'all are missing it. In other words, there's certain things God has to let you go through to recognize you got to make some changes because you're not like everybody else. Would you fist bump somebody and say greatness is all over you? Tell them, say greatness is all in you. So God says, I will not, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. What's the new? You. There's a new you that's being born. Often, you know what we want? Lord, change my wife. No, we need to change you. Lord, change my kids. No, we need to change you. Lord, change my people. No, we need to change you. Because sometimes God says the greater that needs to come out is a new version of you. I need you to open your mouth. We're almost done 11.15. Say, there's a greater me coming out. So what is pain? It's an unpleasant sensory or emotional experience, which means this does not necessarily feel good, but it's working for my good. And with God, pain pays off. See, without the Lord, all you did was go through. With the Lord, you go too. But say it again. See, when it's just you and you, I don't know if I believe in Jesus. I don't know if I believe in all of that. Baby, all you did was go through hell. But for those of us that love the Lord, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to show your love and the praise in a second. For those of us that love the Lord, I didn't just go through hell. Watch me. I went through hell to get to my promise. Because greatness is not free. Greatness has a fee. Let's go. So, 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 what does great mean? It means above normal or average ability. You're not regular. It means that you have above average quality or distinction. You're different. You're not like everybody else. This is why you have to be careful of those friends that like to, on the cool, really insult you. Here's how they do it. How your little business doing? Baby, don't say little when you're talking about nothing related to me. 
How your little family doing? I don't know, because my family is large and in charge. I don't know nothing about no little... They try to do it on the cool. Y'all, how, that, how that little serving at church thing working out for? Oh, it's going amazing for me. You ought to come get you some. Y'all ready? They, they'll do it on the cool. They'll do it on the cool. They're doing the cool. They always got to diminish what it is that you do. They want to diminish where you're distinct. <laughs> because the goal, watch me, is that good sometimes refuses to come up so it's offended by great. And you have to make the decision that I will consistently be wonderful. Here's the definition. I'll be first rate. I won't just be good. I'll be what? Very good. It's on the screen. You'll be remarkable in degree and power and intensity. Now, this means whenever you do something, you do it with a power. And some of you don't even recognize how powerful you are. Let me prove it to you. When you come in the room, the room shifts. When you show up, everybody turn their attention to you. You ain't even trying to be recognized. Am I talking to anybody in this building online? Anything you do, you do it with intensity. Everybody else is just kind of doing it sloppily. But when you do it, you say, no, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. If we're going to do it, let's take the time. There's a man in our church who since, since the very, uh, virtually the very beginning, six months after the very beginning, Anything I've ever given him to do, anything I've ever given him to do, Dr. Johnny Brown, anything, he's so, look, he's doing so good, he's taking notes now, look, anything I have ever given him to do, he don't just do it. In fact, he'll say, now, Bishop, he said, now, Bishop, now, I saw the work they did. Bishop, <sighs> doggone it. Shabby work, shabby work, shabby work. These guys, I don't know what they were doing. And he, so when we were in schools, he would build these carts that were like, the, I didn't want to throw the carts away. I was like, we need to put this on eBay or something or sell them. When he built this whole thing, it's got lights, it's on air conditioning system. On Anything I give him to do, he will do it. And watch me, and he'll do it well. Now, here's the deal. It takes longer sometimes than you think it's going to take, but that's because when it's done, watch me, it's going to be done with power. It's going to be done with intensity. It's going to be done. Would you elbow somebody say, everything you do, you do it great. Yeah. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. For some of you, let me give you a revelation because, because when you do things great, let me, let me, I'll use this. When you do things great, you're like, but Bishop, I already have a lot on my plate. I got, I got enough stuff on my plate. That ain't worry. I got enough stuff on my plate already. Bishop, why do people keep adding stuff to my plate? Why, why y'all didn't give it to the trifling one? Because she trifling. Why y'all didn't give it to the one who don't do nothing? Because she don't do nothing. <laughs> you got a lot on your plate already and people keep putting more stuff on your plate and even though you feel like stuff is about to fall off you so great that you able to do it all mm. I want to speak to those of you who feel like I got a lot going on right now I'm going to give you three seconds to worship God why? because God can trust you with a lot go three two one hallelujah hallelujah Fist bump somebody, say, you got this. Say, you got this. Come on, 1115, tell them, say, you got this. Let's go. Let's go. You, you're great, so, so you have incredible power, intensity, and degree. You're superior. And whenever you're superior, watch me, those that are inferior, those that are inferior, what happens is the inferior, what ends up happening is that they sometimes will try to bring you down to the level that they are at. I need you to look at somebody and say, but don't go down there. Don't go down there. 
Come on, come on. Wrong neighbor because they should have said that with some authority. Here's what inferior people will do. They'll make you feel bad for being great. They'll say something. You're, you're arrogant. No, you're just insecure. Oh, I got your big one, 1115. You're a narcissist. Everybody like to call everybody a narcissist today. And the main one's calling people narcissists on a president on a narcissist committee. You ever notice that? You're just a narcissist. No, baby, you, you have something worse than low self-esteem. You have vacant esteem. Which means you're thirsty for everybody to tell you who you are and what you do. But I need you to know you're not trash. You're not a mistake. You're not a failure. You're not a screw up. Watch me. God created you and called you to be great. Y'all, we're almost done. But lay your hands and say, greatness is all over me. Say it again. Say, greatness is all over me. So, so, so all of these words, great. Here it is. We're to the message and we're done. Here it is. You being blessed? You ready? If you're not, hey. Yeah, let's go. Ready? Okay. Here it is. All of these words for great, remarkable, power, intensity, superior, you, you, you're above average quality, indistinction, wonderful, first rate, very good. All of these words infer leading, which means whether you know it or not, you are a leader. Ooh, y'all. We got to take this thing home. Say, whether I know it or not, I am a leader. So give me a few minutes to teach you how to be a great one because you're not like everybody else. What's a leader? I know somebody said, Bishop, I am not a leader. I don't have a title. See, leadership isn't in a title or a position. See, see, some of you, you are more of a leader and you have no title. You're more of a leader and you have no position. Just because a person has a position or a title doesn't mean they're the actual leader. Let me prove it to you. You ever had somebody on the team that wasn't the leader and everybody else looked to them like they were the leader? How everybody coming to you like you lead and you're like, I don't know. That's because leadership, watch me, when leaders show up, greatness steps into the room. When leader, I know you may be the secretary today, but they see that you're going to be the CEO tomorrow. I, and I ain't hating on no secretary because that's a whole call and an assignment. Pay attention. Say there's greatness all over me. So what does it mean to be a leader? An influencer. People are influenced by you. An initiator, which means you set it off. You watch me. Everybody else asks you, well, where you want to go? And while it's small and innocuous, you're like, well, I don't, I, well, that's a small thing. It's because everybody, watch me, when the apex leader shows up, okay, you'll catch it in a second. When the apex leader steps on the scene, everybody that's not the apex recognizes the apex. So the reason everybody asks you, well, what you want to do, where you want to go, how you want to do it, is because they know you're the initiator. You're going to set this thing off. Would you shake somebody's hand at 11.15? We almost done. Just say, you're the initiator. You, you're the one that calls your family together to pray. Watch me. But you're the youngest one. But you're the leader. Oh, my God. You're, you're the youngest person in the room, but you're the leader. You're the one that doesn't have the degrees or the qualifications, but you are the leader. It means trailblazer, the front runner, the pioneer, the captain, which means every team you own, you find yourself rising to the top. You don't even try. Wave at me if I'm talking to you. You don't even try. In fact, most great leaders try to, try to fall back. Where are the honest people at? 
You know you're a great leader when you walk in and just kind of. Only the fakes try to go to the front. Because the real leaders recognize they the front runner even if they ain't trying to run to the front. You ready? So, so watch me. Look at Abraham's leadership. Genesis 12, 5. Abraham took Sarai, his wife, Lot, his nephew, and their possessions, which they had acquired, and the people or the servants which they acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. So what did he have to do as a leader? Because he's getting ready to experience change. He's getting ready to do this. So what does he have to do as a leader? Look at me, 11, 15. What does he have to do? He has to manage their person. What does this mean? He has to manage himself. Because before I can get uh, Sarai, his wife, before her name was Sarah, before I can get her to do something, I got to do something. And see, for some of you, you, you like to tell other people what to do. You're going to need to start with you. Because great leaders lead themselves first. Then watch me. He has to manage people. He's got to bring Sarai, his wife. Not only does he have to bring Sarai, his wife, he also has to bring now the servants that they've acquired. He's got to manage their possessions. See, for some of you, God will give you certain things to test how you handle it to see if you can be trusted with more. See, if you can't handle your hoopty, he ain't going to trust you with a Bentley. And I'm not saying be materialistic. I'm just making a principle. If he can't trust you with where you're at, he can't trust you with greater. I told him at the 915, I remember one day where it was a Friday night. It was a flash blizzard. This was years and years ago. It was a flash blizzard. It was a passport, all that. It was years and years ago, and it was a flash blizzard on a Friday night. The lady in front of me had this big old Toyota truck. I mean, I don't even know. It wasn't even a forerunner. It wasn't a Sequoia. It was like the big dog. I mean, it was just a special year. I ain't never seen one that big. You ready? I never seen the color of it. And so, and so, and so uh, it's a flash blizzard. She's stopping like she's got a little car and she got this big old thing. And so I had a sedan. And so it's a flash blizzard. She stops out of nowhere. There's ice on the ground. My car slides up under her car, tow up. I call the popo. Because I'm like, somebody got to come do this. They said, well, is the car drivable? I said, well, yeah, but it don't look that good. Uh, watch me. They said, well, since it's drivable, we're on accident alert. Pay attention. Which means we can't come to anybody's issue unless the issue involves life. And for some of you, you ready? You're so great, you didn't need the support everybody else needed. Everybody else got people to run up and show up for them, and you had to do it by yourself, and you still got further than they did. Y'all ready? So what ends up happening? So... So, so that happened. So I drive the car home. I'm driving like 10, 15 miles an hour. I drive the car home. And y'all know how Denver is. That's Saturday. It was 90 degrees. Snow was melting. 90 degrees. Hot. So I had two choices because the body shop wasn't open until Monday. And I said, the, the body yaddy yaddy on this car is toe up from the flow up. I said, but I'm not going to let this ruin my day. So you know what I did? I let my sunroof back. I turned my music up loud because I like, listen, if I can't feel it, I can't feel it. Anybody else like that? Listen, I, gotta feel, I need to feel this thing in my soul. I don't want to, don't turn the little punk music on for me. Turn it up loud so I can, I want to hear the bass. Let me feel it in my, I turn my music up. I let my sunroof back and I'm driving. And look, then I had the nerve to go to the car wash. And so they're like, sir, how do you want us to, I said, figure it out. I said, but all I know is that, I know you can't do nothing with all of this right here because the front end is toe up, but I said, clean what you can clean. Put some arm roll on what you can put on. I said, I need you to take this and make it the best that we can make it. Why? Because if I cannot be trusted with this, I cannot be trusted with more. And for some of you, God has been giving you things to see how you handle them to make sure that when you get things, things don't have you. You just have things. 
Now, when you get things, you're going to take good care of them. So you, watch me. He has to manage his person. He has to manage people. He has to manage his possessions. And watch me. And he has to manage his plan. He literally says they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Now, in Genesis 12, the first part of the chapter, God says, you're going to go to a land I'm going to show you. But by verse number five, he now knows where he's going. Pay attention. When God first gives him the instruction, God doesn't tell him where he's going, which means his only plan is, God, I'm waiting on you to be clear. Once God is clear, now he has a plan. To be a leader, you have to manage your person, you. You have to manage people. Say, I have to manage myself, people, possessions, and plans. So let me give you one more P from the life of Jabez. Uh, Jabez, watch me, in 1 Chronicles 5, 9, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, remember, Jabez, his name means pain and sorrow. His mother names him that and mislabels him as that because when she's pregnant with him, it's a painful experience. And some people have mislabeled you your entire life. They labeled you based on your mistakes. Watch me, not your bounce back. Mm. They labeled you based on your failures, not your comeback. And I'm so excited. Hear me, 1115. Your label is about to change. Mm. God, I wish I had faith in the building. God's about to reintroduce you to some people that saw you back then, but they're about to be reintroduced to the great you. They saw the good you, but fist bump somebody say, but the great me is loading. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, which means it doesn't mean that his brothers were bad. It just means it suggests that they were good, but they weren't great. So Jabez has to be what? Great. Say he's great. great. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. What is he? He's great. Talk. What is he? Which means, here's the last piece, he has to manage his personality. Some of you, you ready? Here's what you say. That's just how I am. Bishop, I'm 60 years old. I I ain't changing. So you're going to die like that? Bishop, I'm grown. I ain't changing. This is how I am. Do not get stuck in who you are as if who you are is all you can be. What if God needed to get rid of the good you so that the great you could come out? I need you to lift your hands at 1115. Open your mouth. Say, Lord, I'm open to change. 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 I'm not stuck. I'm not stagnant. I'm not stiff-necked. Come on. I'm open to change. Come on, YouTube. Come on Facebook, come on the app, come on the website where the majority of us are. Say, I'm open to change. So here it is. This last, this last set of verses reveals to us what great leaders do. We're going to go through them quick. Second Timothy 2 and 1. This is the Apostle Paul. Say, I'm a great leader. You're a great influencer. You're a great initiator. You're a great trailblazer. You're a great front runner. You're a great pioneer. You're a great captain. So in 2 Timothy 2 and 1, the Apostle Paul gives some leadership principles. And here's the first. He says, so you, my son, which means the relationship between Paul and Timothy was that of a son, which means Timothy was submitted. Say submitted. If you're not under something, you're going to be destroyed by everything. Anything uncovered spoils. Submission has become a dirty word for many people, but it's a very biblical word. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. That's why you don't know what to do. And that's why what you do, do fails. What you do, do, looks like do, do. Why? Because can't nobody tell you what to do. I, I ain't going to listen to no man. No, no, it's, it's God's principles. It's, I ain't going to church. What are you going to do? Preach at me. See, you got it all wrong. No, no, no. God is speaking to all of us at the same time. Don't let your pride make you think something that's not really happening because great leaders are always submitted. You know what great leaders are? They're great followers. 
See, the best leaders are the ones that know how to follow. The best generals are the ones that knew how to be great soldiers. The best ones at the top are the ones that knew how to fall in line in command. Here's the next. He said, be strong. Here's your shout at 1115. Even if you don't feel strong, son, I need you to be strong. Which means every leader, you're going to have some moments where you just want to break down and cry and throw in the towel and give up. Hear me. But you cannot afford to let weakness rob you of your greatness. Touch somebody on the shoulder and say, I don't care how you feel. Say, be strong. Even if you don't feel like it. Then it means, look what he says, be constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, the things, the doctrine, the precepts, the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach. Here's the next principle. Leaders listen up. Leaders do not listen laterally, and they do not listen from those that are, 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 uh, are, are lower. And I don't mean that in a negative connotation. Pay attention. See, for many people, you keep listening to people at your level. Which means the only thing they can do is tell you how to make sidesteps. Why? Because we're on the same level. You can't tell me how to level up if we're on the same level. Which means when God wants you to be great, he has to put you under a voice that can help you go up. Worst thing you can do is listen to people that, watch me, where you've, you're already higher and accomplished more than what they've done. It doesn't mean that there's not good principles or good nuggets, but pay attention. Leaders listen up because what can you tell me about going to somewhere you've not been? So what do we do? We listen to his word. Why? Because we're listening up. Do not make the mistake. Some of you, you call your friends who are in the same mess you in and ask them how to get out. Some of you, you call your kids and ask them how to get out of the mess and then you wonder why they don't respect you as their leader. Y'all ain't going to talk. Preach, Bishop. Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go. He says, entrust these things to reliable, faithful, capable, qualified individuals who can teach others. Here's the next principle. Leaders selectively pour. If you're a leader saying, I'm a great one, you don't pour into everybody. Because watch me. Some people are, are uh, this is 11, 15. Y'all know what that is. Huh? Y'all know what that is, 11, 15. It's the 11, 15. Y'all know what that is. Look at me. When a leader recognizes this is all you can handle, this is all you give them. Let me tell you why some of you are frustrated with people. Is you keep pouring this into this. So here's what happens. Because I know you're thinking, but I'm just going to pour, and I'm going to just pour, and I'm just going to, we're just going to, God going to do it. Hey, God going to do it. 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 But here's the problem. So you keep pouring, and they keep wasting it. You keep pouring, and you keep having to have the same conversations over and over again. You keep pouring. Watch me. You had the same conversation with them 10 times. and ain't nothing changed. You know, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed because as a leader, you have to selectively pour. Say, I have to selectively pour, which means, watch me. Sometimes I'm just going to have to say, wait a minute. It's best for me to just clean up what I messed up. And my mess up was thinking that you wanted to go up. So let me just leave you right where I found you because evidently you ain't going with me to my level called great. I need some of y'all today, you're going to have to have some tough conversations with people and say, look, either you come up with me or I'm going to leave you where I found you. But I am not going to keep pouring over and over and over and over and over and over and nothing's changing. Y'all ready? I said, are you ready? Verse three, last three verses, last two verses. He says, take with me your share of hardship 
passing through difficulties, which you are called to, to endure, like a good soldier. So here's what good leaders do. Good leaders remove burdens. When you show up, are you a burden or a blessing? If when we look at you, do we say, oh, God, yes, come on, so-and-so's here. Or do we say, oh, God, so-and-so's here. <laughs> the inflection makes all the difference. I pray that from this day forward, when you show up, people see you as a blessing. That when you show up, people see you as somebody that's going to get something done. They're going to say, oh, my God, so-and-so. Say your first and last name. Just walked into the room, which means a solution has just walked into the room, which means they're about to figure out a way to get this thing done. Come on, say, I'm a great leader called to do great things. Look at verse 4, last verse. It says, no one involved in active service, no soldiers. So let's stop right there. Leaders see themselves as soldiers. Which means every day a leader sees this as a war that must be won. And for some of you, this is your frustration with life. It's because you have the wrong expectation. You have the wrong, let me help you. Here's your expectation. I'm just going to wake up and, and, go, and the Lord going to be right there. Baby, that means you died. <laughs> if the Lord is right there, <laughs> let us know what time the service is. Listen. Who's going to preach the funeral? <laughs> Who did the body? Listen, let us know. Because that means you're with the Lord. You ready? I said, are you ready? Yes, sir. 11, we're army, so talk like one. You ready? Yes. All right, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. So look, so, so for many of you, here's your expectation of life. You're just going to wake up, no problems. You're just going to wake up, your kids walk in, good morning, mother. Yes. We've never seen one greater than you. You're the most amazing mother we've ever encountered. Here go $10,000, mama. Here go a new house, mama. Here go a, here, here go a new car, mama. Y'all talking about I receive it. You, you just think your spouse is going to look at you. I always enjoy every single moment I ever have with you. You never make me want to holler, scream, or cuss. You, every time I see you, I just, ooh. I get butterflies. I, I got a pep in my step, because baby, you the cream in my coffee. You the, you the French in my vanilla. You the, by the way, if you're saying that, those lines are so played. Up your game. Listen! Well, now if it works, hey, listen. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You just think you're going to get to your job. You are the best employee we've ever seen, ever worked in work, ever. Today, we are going to triple your pay. You think you're going to go to the grocery store and they're going to say, you know what? The Holy Ghost told us to just buy everything you need. And some of you are like, why they shouting receive it? Because these are good things. Now, you, these, this can happen. But for some of you, your expectation is that you're not in war. So you don't act like a soldier. You act like a simp. You don't act like a soldier, you punk out because every time there's warfare, every time there's something difficult, every, and when I say simp, I mean somebody that's not fighting it. Whatever you may mean it to be, that's not what I mean it to be. I'm talking about somebody that won't fight. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You wake up and you have this expectation. If God is for me, there shouldn't be no problems. Shouldn't be no issues. Question, where did he say that? Because I've read that Bible several times and not once. Nobody told me that the road was going to be easy. But I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. Everybody stand on your feet. Everybody stand.
Everybody stand in the building and online. Everybody stand. Everybody stand in the building and online. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Say, I'm a soldier. I thought I told you. Years ago, years ago, there was this music revolution that came out of New Orleans. <laughs> there was a man, his, his stage name was, was this the 1115, so his, his stage, no, nah, I ain't going to say it. His, 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 his name was Percy Miller. And he took $10,000 that his grandfather gave him, I believe, for a life insurance policy, something along those lines, or at his death. And he turned it into a multi-million dollar empire. And one of the songs he had that hit the nation, who remembers CDs? Now, for some of you who don't remember, CDs are what we used to listen to music on. Come on, she said eight track. Look, who remember tapes? Who remember eight track? Okay. She says your mama still got an eight track. All right. Amen. Put that thing on eBay. That's got to be worth something. Y'all ready? Look at me. Look at me. Who who remembers records? So he had this song that came out, and Masterpiece CD cases used to be plastic. It wasn't no jewel case. It was plastic cases. And all of the fronts would have all it, you know, they'd be blinged out, blinged out, blinged out. And Masterpiece had this, this song. And, and so the hook was like this. I'm a no-limit soldier. I thought I told you. Questions. What are your limits? No soldier in active service. Let's go. No soldier in active service. Look at the rest of the verse. It says, it says, no soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business affairs of civilian life. You know why you stay in so much mess? It's because you're not a soldier. You, you know why you always caught up in a bunch of vices? Come on, left No judgment. You want to know why you couldn't come to Friday Night Fire? <laughs> I have to stop right here. You want to know why you get caught up? No judgment. It's because it's easy to get messy when you're not on your mission. And some of y'all, don't judge people because they got vices. Look at your neighbor and say, don't judge nobody. Because you may not drink alcohol. Or you may not get drunk. You know what? You get drunk off gossip. You a chatty patty. And you chat it up. Everybody's business is in your mouth. You know why? Because you have none of your own. I need you to reach out. Grab the hand of the person next to you. And just squeeze that hand and say, greatness is on you. It's in you. You are a soldier. Saying from this day forward, I pray that the great leader that you are would emerge. Tell them you're not regular. You're not average. You're not like everybody else. Greatness is on you. Greatness is in you. I pray you be great. From this day forward, 
in Jesus' name. Drop your hand and release a praise for the person who you just prayed for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heads bowed, heads bowed eyes closed. If you're in this building or online where the majority of us are, you need to become a Christian. Today's your day. What does it mean to become a Christian? It means that you receive Jesus. What am I receiving him for? As the Lord and Savior of your life. Why do I need that? Because he died for your sin. What is sin? Mistakes, things that we do that don't please God, they don't please God because they hurt us. What am I saved from? Yourself. What am I saved from? Hell. What am I saved from? Trying to figure this thing called life out on your own. Bishop, is everything going to be perfect? I just told you no. <laughs> but you're a soldier. And you will fight. And hear me, 1115. In every fight, you will win. So for everybody that says, I'm tired of fighting, guess what? Name one that you lost, though. Look at somebody. I know your eyes are closed, but open them up. Just look at them and say, you keep winning. You do. I know you're tired of it. But you keep winning. We got to go. Say, but I keep winning. Speak that over your life. But I keep winning. Say it. We got to go. Y'all know we'll turn anything to a song at the 1115. But I keep winning. Say Say it again. But say Look at somebody and encourage them in case they feel down. Just tell them to say, but you keep, but, but you keep winning and 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 winning. Close your eyes. By your head, close your eyes. If you need to be saved, today's your day. Secondly, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, today is your day. Thirdly, if you're like Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure today is your day. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Bishop, I got these issues I'm working on. Great. You don't get your life together to come to God. You come to God, and God helps you get your life together. Wherever you're at, in this building or online where the majority of us are, when I count to three, you slip that hand up. In the building, online, you do the hand with your emoji or say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, hands up. No guilt. No condemnation. No shame. God's coming to get you today at this 1115. Because he needs you to keep winning for the rest of your life. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. From this day forward, all things work together for my good. In Jesus' name, you are my God. You are my king. You are my general. You call me to be great. I accept the call. You call me to be a great leader. I accept the challenge. And from this day forward, every battle I fight, I'm going to win. Every battle I fight, I'm going to win. Every battle I fight, I'm going to win in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, recommitted yourself to the Lord, or you're now sure. 
Scan the QR code on the screen or text Harvest to 55498. When you do that, we're going to shoot you a word, a message. You just enter the number for salvation because I want to get a message in your hand called What Next? Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day, my company gets scam phishing emails trying to get money or sensitive info. I wanted to protect my employees and my clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. First, teach employees to recognize and report phishing. Next, require strong passwords plus multi-factor authentication. And finally, turn on automatic updates for your business software. To learn more, go to CISA at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world.